All right. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. This is a podcast. We haven't recorded in a few weeks, so uh, excuse us if we're uh, a little uh, out of it. Yeah. We have lives. Things are going on. Things are going on. Uh, and by the time you're listening to this, it's going to be like six weeks after we actually record it. So, sorry. I'm ho- yeah, so I'm hoping by the time you hear this, you have totally forgotten that a slap happened during the Oscars. During the Oscars. Yeah, that happened this week. Yeah. So that should tell you how long ago it was. Yeah. You're just like, really, that happened? I thought that, you know, the, 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 the arrest of Will Smith would have stopped everything. Like, no. I'm, I'm guessing that you'd be like, Yeah, we're, we're, pro- we're projecting. We yeah, have no idea. Um, we shouldn't be able to slap. Yeah. Um, and we're not going to give any hot takes about it because, you know, they've all been given. Yeah. <laughs> it's silly. Mm-hmm. I will say it was funny. Oh, yeah. And people need to recognize that sometimes things can be like you can you can clutch your pearls mm-hmm. or you can just kind of laugh and snicker at something and be like, you know what? That was funny and stupid. That was funny. And it yeah. can just be that. It doesn't have to be anything more. Yeah. You can sometimes laugh at, you know, the ridiculousness of the, you know, the, the, the matrix that we're currently in. <laughs> that, that might be the, the real takeaway here. Like if, if you could think of the most ridiculous things that could possibly It's a happen. Mad Libs. It was a Mad Libs. It was, it was Will Smith slapped Chris Rock at the Oscars. Yeah. No yeah. one would ever create that sentence in any other circumstance. Yeah, that, that's the most amazing thing. And that's probably, I would hope that people recognize that's why they keep talking about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it. They think I've seen people take very seriously that this is like an affront to man. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just like, oh, the sanctity of whatever. It's like, what? Hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a dildo shaped award. Yeah. Why are we making a big deal about this? I think the bigger deal, which people have sort of glossed over with this, is number one, that that Oscars is kind of terrible. Yeah. And we've talked about this. Their biggest offense, which is totally overshadowed, they missed some key people in the in memoriam section. In memoriam, we got no Bob Saget. No Bob Saget. We got no uh, Norm McDonald. No Norm McDonald. And we got no Ed Asner. Ed Asner is an actor's actor that's been acting in movies and television since the 50s, 60s, something like that. Yeah, he has been in a lot of movies, a lot of very good. He's been in Oscar nominated movies. Mm -hmm. So that is an omission that defies all. There's no justification for that. Yeah. You, if you, you needed, yeah, yeah. if you needed a grumpy boss mm-hmm. in your movie, you could just call up Ed Asner and he'd be there in like ten minutes, and he'd mm-hmm. be the perfect person for it. Yeah, lest anyone forgets, he was the main voice in Up. Yes, and very importantly, he plays Santa Claus in Elf. So many, many people see him every single year in a yes. movie. We call this uh-huh. a movie. It was in theaters. Shame on you, Oscars. And, and that, that entire thing is so cringeworthy. The, the music is way too happy. And part of it is too peppy. There's dancing to it. It's just like, guys, this is, this is a funeral. I didn't that we're trying to do here. Yeah, I didn't see it live. I heard yeah. about it. And I, I didn't either. I, I, I always go back and watch the in-memoriam afterwards. Yeah. Because I always, you know, I'm, I'm sappy. I like to sort of see it. Sure. Remember who we, you know, remember a third of all the names and then all of the like you know set designers and stuff that you've never heard of right so the point was i never i didn't see it live so when i saw people making these takes they're like i can't believe they made it a musical dance number i thought that was some sick joke <laughs> I, I like i, I literally like ha 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 really funny <laughs> but mm-hmm. no yeah no uh it was like self-parody on screen it was uh, it was something, but we are not here to talk about the Oscars. No, we are here to talk about some other types of entertainment. Yeah, so so this is Dad Pods. Uh, I hope you know you're in the right place. Um, if not, uh, just go ahead and listen to the end of this. Uh, subscribe to it. Um, uh, send us money via. Uh, just contact us and let us know how how, yeah. to, how to invoice you. Yeah, um, I can give you my uh, W nine. You need it. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, if you are listening to this, you know who we are. So just give me a 20 next time you see me. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Just slip me a five speed. Yeah. Um, but uh, so we're continuing. So we finished our, our MCU ranking. We had Endgame at the top. 
Uh, it may not be the best one, but it's it's the one that should be at the top at this point. Yeah. You know, if in 10 years something even more epic happens with the MCU, we'll probably change some stuff around. Sure. Uh, we As we went along, we realized, you know, we, we had things that were way underrated, a few things that were probably a little overrated. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, so we're going to talk about something that shouldn't have made anybody's top 10, 15, mm-hmm. 20. It's, it's a little bit lower down. It's not the worst. No. But it's not the best. It is um, very clearly not the best. Yeah. So, uh, but our news and notes for the week, just a couple, mostly because this is going to come out so much later than this. It's probably already over. Moon Knight debuted this week. Ooh. Uh, you have not seen it. I, I saw the first episode. It's fun. Yep. Uh, it's a little weird, but it's fun. Um, apparently, the reviews have been kind of mixed on it, but um, I have high hopes that it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Morbius comes out this weekend. Ooh. You're going to be standing in line for that? Uh, I will not. Well, I will be standing in line only because you need to stand in line to board an airplane. Okay. And that is probably when I see it, if at all. Yeah. In fact, that was one of the... So when a movie has that bad of Rotten Tomatoes and it's somewhere around 12 or 15% yeah. uh, uh, awfulness, um, I always go through and I'm like, okay, when there's almost universal agreement that it's terrible, what do the good people say? Hmm. And one of the reviews, and I, even, I think I even shared it with you today, I was like, um, this is totally a movie that I will watch the whole way through on a red-eye flight. <laughs> so enough like when you're tired but not quite yeah. ready to sleep and you need something can't yeah. sleep, and people like me who can't sleep on airplane yeah they'll be watching that I'll be, maybe that's when i'll watch it that is where i watched the original justice league movie and i think uh batman versus Superman as well were on planes some are, are they just making these movies to be seen on planes is that like how they're Maybe. Not, I mean, you, hmm. you don't get, I mean, I don't think you get a whole lot from the airline to play your movies on a plane. I don't a, think so. Residual standpoint. But. Yeah. Anywho, uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be absolutely terrible. I will not be paying a dime to see it. Um, if it happens to be free on a plane when I am already paying money to go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I will probably, eh, I might not even watch it then, but we'll see. Depends I think on what else will, is there. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely skipping it, assuming there's anything else at all that is remotely worth watching, including sometimes on airplanes. Now they put like YouTube content, like they mm-hmm. basically are ripping it off of you. Like I would rather watch that epic meal time. I'll watch the old episodes of that. Or <laughs> Diners, drive-ins and dive dives. Yeah. It's got no shot. Yeah. If that's what, if that's, it's, I'm, I'm going to Flavortown. Is what's going on. Flavortown is much better option. That's the place yeah. to go. Yeah. So anyway, uh, tonight we're talking about the Eternals. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to do my uh, 60 second recap. Are you ready? Three, I am. Two, one, go. Okay. Eternals are these alien beings that are really powerful. They have been around for, on Earth for millennia, and Earth is not their first planet. Their job is to destroy deviants on behalf of Celestials. After destroying the deviant threat, the Eternals live many centuries as humans alongside them. Sometime after the Thanos blip, the Eternals are reactivated to fight a new batch of deviants and investigate the killing of one of their own. Lots of really cool CGI battles, some puzzling plot moves. We learn the Celestials grow out of planets, destroying them in the process, and boom, Earth is next. Eternals are employed to get planets ready for the birth of the Celestials. Most of our heroes are not cool with the destruction of the Earth. Rob from Game of Thrones is, so there's a fight. Good guys win. Oh, very good. Thanks. That was only about 42 seconds, uh, and that's really... That's the kind of recap that that deserves. Yeah, that's what this movie deserves. Yeah. There's a lot of specifics that go on. I don't I mean, I've only seen this movie like one and a half times. I saw it once mm-hmm. in the theater. And okay. we went to the theater. It was, you know, like a little bit of a lull in our, uh, uh, you know, a little bit before Omicron, but right, mm-hmm. you know, anyway. Um, so we saw it in the theater. And then I saw about half of it while... Uh, taking my son to the barber and they had it playing over the top of the mm. thing so i saw it we saw about 45 minutes of it there interesting mm-hmm. i'm gonna say watching it over the barber maybe that's not how the movie was meant to be seen <laughs> <laughs> i will say that you know the barbershop this, this barbershop's pretty nice it's got even two big screens like over on either side of the 
the barbershop so you can see it from whatever chair you're in. Right. But, uh, but Maybe still, that's how probably not probably not how uh, Chloe Zhao intended the uh, the movie to be seen. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's how Sony intends Morbius to be seen. You know what? Maybe. Hmm. And may, may you know, do they still do like, um, they should do that for like stalls at the bathroom. Maybe that's Ooh. how Morbius is supposed to be done. <laughs> See it as the creator <laughs> intended. <laughs> um, so when this first came out, so, uh, and I think this is true still, but this is the lowest rated of any of the MCU movies in the, uh, the on Rotten Tomatoes. Gee. I'm a little surprised by that. I am very surprised. It's objective. It's can, it is not that bad. No, no, no. It's not as bad as, like, we went over it months and months ago. If you go back to episodes and yeah, we talked about, you know, Iron Man 2, Thor 1 and 2. Thor 2 is the worst. Yeah. Uh, and The Incredible Hulk. Those are all just terrible movies yeah yeah those are movies you shouldn't go back and watch right um but i think it's better than those Mm -hmm. eternals i think eternals is probably on that same level as like iron man 3 yeah uh age of ultron yeah that that actually makes it at the level where if you're trying to take someone through the mcu the first time that's the way you you might start watching at that quality of yeah these are the don't don't skip these yeah, don't skip these. If you're going to go in order of quality, let's let's don't skip these. You probably want to go in order of like making sense. But if you're yeah. going in order of quality, uh, <laughs> yeah, don't watch MCU in the order that we've done them. Mm-mm. That would be that wouldn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it makes zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Except for ending with Endgame. That's the only thing that makes sense. Sure, sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think ultimately the dad pot. It's like we were doing. Like our, it's fine. It's totally fine. It's not really fine. Yeah, well, well, let's get into what makes this movie kind okay. of okay. So, there, so here are the good parts. Yeah, it's beautiful. It it's is beautiful. totally beautiful. Yeah, yeah, and it's a. I think it's original. Yes, like these are these are not heroes anybody's familiar with. Um, the 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 concept of, of like the whole idea that there are these super beings that are put on the earth by this other like huge giant being. Yep. That live somewhere, we don't know. Um, and they're kind of like physical, but then they're also like very, very like transportable and metaphysical. I don't know how Celestia works. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that they're put on these planets to, to do a job for them. It, it's kind of interesting. Like it, it's, it's original. It, it's, it's complicated and it's complex and probably needlessly so. But it's also, <laughs> it's, it's also um, really original. Uh, the yeah. sets, the designs, the CGI is really good. Yep, I think the cast, the casting, the overall casting job is good. Yep, uh, there's some really cool people that are in the movie, and it's all really good to look at. It it totally is, and I think you put all those things together. It's this one of those things like I'm glad they tried this. So we'll talk about what doesn't work later, but like some things don't work because they're completely paint by numbers. There's a lot of generic superhero movies out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them were made before the MCU. Like when they were trying sure. to figure out what to do with superheroes, are like, well, there will still be an origin story. You'll see the character arc. And it's, those are often very boring. Mm-hmm. This does not follow that plot at all. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you could, you could make that criticism for like the, the Amazing Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Um, they tried to do the origin of Spider-Man over again. And it just, it's like, I've seen this, we saw this like five years ago. Why are we doing this again? <laughs> yeah. I, I was even thinking of like much worse movies like Meteor Man, like or Daredevil. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. like the oh gosh, the 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 the, the, the Affleck Daredevil. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. really, when they didn't know how to make superhero movies, mm-hmm. and they they all follow the exact same arc, and that that's what makes those makes those movies bad. Yeah. Uh, that is not what makes this movie bad. No. And I think and I think what we're falling into now is like the gritty reboot mm-hmm. trope. Where everything now is like a really gritty, like superhero yeah. origin, and that's gonna have to figure out how to do that. And that's not this either. There's no. not like a, a speck of dirt on anyone. No, everybody's it's, very clean. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's very clean, yet not this plasticky, cartoony look that you might have seen in earlier movies. So again, it's this is different. It looks different mm-hmm. than anything you've seen. Yeah, um, representation. This is easily the most diverse MCU. Oh yeah. Totally. 
uh, it fits it fits the origin like what mm -hmm. were these characters are supposed to be really well. Is this a prominent deaf character? There's a yeah yeah there's a, which I think is probably that's got to be a first for the MCU, right? Other than yeah, so. well, we have we have Echo, but that's TV. I think not. this came first. Oh, oh, well, that's right. Yeah, this came first. Other yeah. before Echo. Um, I think uh, you know we've had. And I don't know if it actually fits in the MCU, but you know we've got a blind character mm -hmm. in in Daredevil. But um, uh, but yeah, this first deaf deaf character. We've got Asians. We've got mm -hmm. African Americans, uh, Hispanic characters in this movie. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's super well fits with, with the beginning of the movie, which is kind of talking about the origin of man, early civilizations. It's going all over the world. Like, oh, this is this would make a lot exactly. of sense. Exactly, and, and and we'll get into this maybe when we, we talk about our our cons too. But like w that idea, I think was something that was left unexplored a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, because because we've got characters like Icarus and mm -hmm. Mercury or Macari, mm -hmm. like Mercury, uh, that sort of clearly are. Gilgamesh that are clearly representations of human heroes that came to be in the same way that like Thor is like the god of thunder and Norse mythology and right. you know it was obviously the origin of a lot of these stories that humans that ancient humans were telling that would have been more interesting to explore like oh okay so there's a really a source to you know the Icarus story like there's a really a source to all these different things and I wish they'd gone into that a little bit more and that fits the representation because these all these stories come from different parts of the world. Right. Yeah. And that that part was was really cool and uh, felt really appropriate. Uh, speaking of Icarus, and this is this is a, a a good thing about this movie, but then also really kind of just you know, criticism of the uh, DC universe. But mm -hmm. um, so Icarus's powers are basically Superman. Yeah. Right. He flies. He's got super strength, and he's got the deep vision. Um, the only yeah. thing I don't think he does is the, the ice cold breath thing. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, this this is so much better than the way the DC did it. Yeah, where you've got um, you know he's really strong and he can fight and he can do all these kind of cool things and it looks great, but he doesn't move so fast that you can't see him on screen. Right. Um, or that you have to slow it down in one of these ridiculous Zack Snyder slow down <laughs> scenes. Yeah, uh, which which I think made the Jack Snyder Justice League version uh, like four times longer than it needed to be because every action scene is just super slow motion. Uh, and for some reason, that scene where uh, Aquaman walks out on a pier, it's yes. like an eight minute scene and he walks 40 feet. I don't understand that one. Um, while Nick Cave is playing in the background. Um, but they balance that superness where he actually, but he also, you know, gets his butt kicked. Like he can, right. he can get hit and knocked away. Like, and that happens in the, in the Superman comics and, mm -hmm. and anything like he'll get knocked and thrown into a wall and stuff like that and kind of hurt, right? He can't mm -hmm. get killed by things, but he can get his butt kicked in, in ways. And it happens all the time. Otherwise that would be a completely uninteresting character. But you just always just, you know, right. just stood there and people throw things at him. Like, you know, but uh, yeah, and I, around a bit. I felt like that was a for the Superman uh, the, in the cartoon show, like the Justice League cartoon show, and even the Superman the animated series. He doesn't get hurt, but it doesn't mean he can do whatever he wants, mm -hmm. right? He gets knocked yeah. out of the way, didn't yeah. hurt him. Physics happens to him, right? right. Gravity can can react on him, right? Like that. And, and I think that yeah, that's what we're getting with Icarus. Like, yeah, physics still happens to him. Maybe it didn't hurt him. But that's sure. very different from him being able to do what he wanted to do. Right. Like like a deviant that's heavier than him and with more mass can like pin him to the ground. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, big characters can pin Superman to the ground sometimes. Right. Now they're not going to kill him. And right. Superman so will be able to like fix things and leverage and eye things and all kinds of stuff and, and win. But there just needs to be a, like a... For live action, you need to be able to show the stuff happening where it, you believe that it's the way it is. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well, and I think that's also how you show stakes for these characters that are super yes. powerful. Mm -hmm. uh, you, in the comics, that's what they do for Captain Marvel, who's, again, the, the invincible character in Marvel. Yeah. Uh, they always have, Captain Marvel wants to do something. Physics or other things will prevent 
her from doing what she needs. Like she has something else to do. She can't get hurt, but you know, maybe she wants right. to save a helicopter and mm-hmm. things that that's what puts the stakes there. And that's why you care. Um, I think this movie is mostly well acted. Yep. Um, I think Gemma Chan is really the, the best part about this movie. Yeah. Um, I still don't know what her powers are. Yeah. She, she can change, like, change the, things a thing to, to something. Things. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> it's an odd power. Alchemy. It's, it's yeah. Kind of. Ish. But, yeah. Um, and then uh, I think Angelina Jolie is always great in whatever she does, and she's really really good as a, as a um, in a supporting role in this um yep very cute keogan keohan i don't know how it's pronounced it's yeah. um who uh is famously uh the joker in the most recent batman movie spoiler alert sorry spoiler alert spoiler for a deleted scene sort that of you, that you're not going to see this thing for like six weeks from now yeah don't worry, about it. yeah don't worry about it it's not a spoiler alert. um uh he's really good his character is kind of this a-hole Mm-hmm. throughout the first half of the movie or three-fourths of the movie where you're like oh, okay that's got to be the guy that turns evil because he's kind of a cult leader and he's just you know a mind control guy yeah. and mind control is almost always like an evil power in general yeah um but it turns out he was just kind of a, kind of a dick yep. a good... yeah <laughs> i thought he was good yeah 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 definitely the acting uh, I think you get a good sense that you don't feel like these are the actors there you feel like they are the characters uh, we'll get more into the bad, but like that's not why this movie doesn't 100 percent work. Doesn't work. No. But well, well, let's get into it. Why doesn't this movie work? Uh, the oh. plot. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's it's it's. I, I wrote on I wrote down here. It's a bit all over the place. It's not a bit all over the place. It's all over yeah. the place. Yeah. Um. Uh. It probably needed to be split into two films, like you know, the ancient times and the modern times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the first film could have like ended with them like the cold movie could have been fighting the deviant forces all around and then dealing with uh you know humanity and and Mm -hmm. and kind of helping them go along and then you sort of end that movie with the end of the deviants right and then Mm -hmm. you wake up and the next movie is you know modern times post blip and there's deviants again and then you sort of go through that whole thing yeah maybe maybe that works a little bit better yeah totally and i i think the big issue with the plot being all over the place is it doesn't allow you to get the connection, the human connection with the characters. Mm-hmm. So while they are well acted, uh, I think you get hints, you definitely get hints and notions of like, oh, these are their wants and needs and that's what they're about. But you, you get no time to breathe with them whatsoever yeah. because we were going from one thing to the next. Yeah. And in fact, like I was trying to think about like, okay, how many characters are there and i was kind of going through in my head blah, 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 blah. i completely forgot that kumail nanjali is in this movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he's, he's a big funny. part of the movie yeah he's a big part of the movie but he's he's got this sort of style of uh, like his character is like the one that sort of like eh, i i he lives in the human world but he really doesn't give a crap about it mm-hmm. right that's his whole thing and then a couple of the other characters uh don't like humans at all they're right. kind of like anti-human they don't really want to interact with them at all so yeah it's uh that would have been nice to actually establish and kind of create that care and sort of figure out why mm-hmm. like maybe you you show you know some human hurting is one of the deviants i mean not one of, one of the attorneys but yeah and sort of see okay that's why he's kind of a jerk to all the humans why do right why do it's just it's just not enough time i mean I wonder with a plot this winding, if it would have been better as a miniseries. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. I, I think that we'll get more into that when we talk about other flaws with the movie. But I think we're we're kind of hitting at like what's what's going wrong here. Yeah, and I think you know, and it's and having it a series wouldn't necessarily guarantee it would be good. No, because they screwed up the uh, what was it the uh, Mm-hmm. oh yeah that's true pretty badly with a, with a series yeah. we don't talk about that one at all yeah it doesn't but, exist uh, yeah it doesn't exist um and that's and that's kind of what they're doing here they're trying to establish like this new team this new race of beings and mm-hmm. you need gosh if we've learned anything about the mcu mm-hmm. from its inception it's about character it's yep. character driven. the plot 
so many of the plots are very similar. It's just bad guy with similar powers kind of wants to destroy the world or kind of wants mm-hmm. to take over the world or kind of has this plot that's going to kill a whole bunch of people, right? Yep. Um, and then Hero has to step in and fix it. Um, this doesn't have that sort of same structure, yep. but it also, it, from a plot standpoint, and it's complicated, but that's not what it really should have been about. It should have been about why do, why do I care about Icarus? Right. You know, why so, do I care about Makari or yeah. any of the other characters that I can't remember their names? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll compare it with another movie that had a similar problem, which is Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I should probably do a count, but that, that also had to introduce a whole bunch of characters to us. Yeah. A lot of concepts, our first Marvel movie in space. The plot in that movie, though, is dead simple. Yeah. <laughs> you found, you know, uh, we got Star-Lord finds this artifact. Turns out bad guys want it. They get it. There's this big chase to get it, and it results in a fight. The whole fight is to get the artifact again. Yeah. That's it. You well, got, that's A to B. Okay. So, 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 yeah. So, a lot of these characters in, in Eternals, like, like you mentioned, are representations of ancient gods, right. Greek, different things. So, so we've got, so Demetrian and Cersei, we have Icarus, we have Fina, yep. Ajax, Bingo, uh, Sprite, Phaestos. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a druid, mm-hmm. and we have a Makari, and we also have Gilgamesh. Yep. Uh, those are the main sort of, um, uh, yeah, I think those are all the, uh, the main Eternals. So there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and uh, we also, going back to uh, uh, the, uh, the issue around uh, representation, we also have our first LB- LGBT uh, character. Yeah, well, I think just... Completely. I, I think we've seen an LGBT character before, but that was never acknowledged. Right. An LGBT hero. Right. 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 No, we saw Valkyrie, right? Oh, that's right. Right, right, right. She hasn't, but they have. But they, they haven't acknowledged yeah. it. Like that, the character right. is, but. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Um, but anyhow, yeah, like uh, that's a lot of characters. Yeah. I, I guess it's still slightly more than uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, the other thing is, it's like what Guardians did smartly, and you mentioned this, it's like, so we get like a fully fleshed out Star-Lord. Yeah. We get a pretty fleshed out Gamora. Yeah. But we just, and we kind of just get characters of, caricatures of Rocket mm-hmm. and Drax and, you know, Brutes, just one word. Right. And uh, that's kind of it, right? And then we get, you know, Nebula a little bit, but she's kind of a bad guy. Right. And then, and then... In the next movie, we, we introduce Mantis, and she's even still kind of not not a fully fledged. We don't know who she's doing. We don't know really like, yeah. where she comes from. We don't know about who she ever or anything like that. They basically did. We're gonna we're gonna accentuate two of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and the other four five are just gonna be you know supporting characters. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's important because at the end of the day, you only have like what, two and a half hours for your movie. Yeah. You need to spend that time somewhere. So if you have a really complicated plot, you need to spend that time explaining that plot. They have to keep yeah. going. They have to figure out like, wait, what are we doing? Why are the deviants back? Wait, I discovered this other thing too. Oh, that's right. It turns out Salma Hayek, whose character, I forget the name of, <laughs> was oh, keeping stuff. I forgot stuff. it too. <laughs> right? See. So like, that's how complicated this movie is. So there's so many Ajax. characters. That, that's Ajax. Okay. And I don't know what her power was. Healing. It didn't it was, work. Yeah. So, so anyhow. Because <laughs> spoiler alert, she's the one that dies. She dies. So think of all of these characters. You have to explain all of these things. The plot goes all over the place and there's a twist. So then you need even more time. Yeah. Uh, again, compared to Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a much more straightforward plot. And, right. and they intentionally don't delve into the characters of all of them. They just just do a few of them well and that's what lets the audience attach to them and take something away because at the end of the day you know we are human beings and we relate to characters mm-hmm. it's really a shame yeah. because they do have yeah. some really like we mentioned that's some really talented actors yeah that could have really driven a character driven idea like i think if you just say we're just introducing the eternals this is what they do mm-hmm. they fight deviants you know, maybe maybe the plot is infighting within them or, you know, just simplify it, 
don't give away the whole farm mm -hmm. in terms of like hold back that whole idea that the celestials are uh you know screwing everybody over yeah let's, don't... let's not let's not talk about that right away yeah let's we don't have to blow our all of our ideas all in this one movie or if you wanted to really do the celestial thing then you just got to start it later and then yeah. the second movie if it ever happens is a prequel and it does this kind of really fun human history thing I, mm -hmm. that might have been the problem there was like so many fun ideas that they just yeah it felt like they had to cram it all in but speaking of the human connection, um, yeah. you got this deviant. So, there's this deviant who, like, so I guess because he keeps killing people, mm -hmm. he takes their power somehow. Yes. We don't explain why. But so he, and he becomes sort of more intelligent and he becomes, becomes more human. Mm -hmm. and, and he's got, like, the power, of, by the end of it, he's got the power of speech and reason and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Um, when you have that in a movie, typically, when you go from the you know, mindless killing the machine to all of a sudden you start to see it become more and more human and more rational and reasonable. Mm -hmm. you usually care about that character a little bit more. Like think about like uh, even though the, the apes are the villains in the Planet of the Apes, yep. like it's that idea, right? You, you're, you're supposed to care about that monkey that's evil. Yeah. Even, even if, it, if it still does the evil stuff, you're supposed to care about it. You're supposed right. to like connect with it you're supposed to understand their plight and what they're doing we don't get any of that here no <laughs> not at all they spend a lot of time just explain again more screen time explaining this like oh yeah so deviants are getting smarter like they they start off like yeah. more like animals mm -hmm. different kind of animals and then they have this one and i thought the movie was going to take a turn once that deviant becomes humanoid right. uh but no, <laughs> oh no, nope. yeah. Nope. Angelina Jolie's Tina just killed it. Yeah, and that was that. So that's a massive waste of time, right? Yes, I, I, I was just like, what, what is that all about? Like, yeah. Why, why, did we, why did we even have the deviants here? We didn't need them. Yeah. They didn't serve any purpose other than it was like, you know, we've got the CGI company that's making these like cross yeah. between dinosaurs and the insects from the, the Starship Troopers. Yeah, exactly. And, and speaking, speaking of which, so these things look like animals, right? Yeah. And I feel like all the best Marvel villains are more, uh, the more human, the more you can relate to them. That's what makes a better villain. Mm -hmm. uh, this is really the opposite then. Yeah. And if you're going to use that, use them as like at the end of, uh, you know, Endgame with all the, the Thanos' warriors or sure. the end of the Avengers with the Shachari. Uh, this was, this was uh, unclear. It was, it was super unclear. Yeah, the the animal kind of villains are more fodder, which are directed by some sort of humanoid villain yeah. whose motivations you are interested in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think the biggest the biggest qualm that I would have is just too many characters. Yeah, that you're introducing and you're supposed to care about. Kind of equally, I know that they they sort of put uh, the Gamma Chan Cersei's character out there, mm -hmm. and maybe uh, you know Rob from Game of Thrones, Icarus, as kind of the two main characters in this film. Yeah, um, it was interesting that she like his uh, his her, and so Icarus is like her ex flame. Yeah, right, and her current boyfriend is. Uh, you know, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's true. You know, stepbrothers, so. Right. Oh, and there's a post-credit scene with him, too. There is a post-credit scene with him, which is, there's, the post-credit scenes just make it even more complicated. Yeah. I think this is one of the few where it does make things worse, because right, this movie's Eternals. Yeah. Post-credit scene, he's clearly Black Knight, right? Yes. So he's Dane Whitman, the Black Knight, and he opens a chest with a sword in it, and He's about to touch it and he doesn't because the Black Knight. So there's lots of, as we're getting into the, and we talked about Moon Knight earlier, as we're getting into some of these uh, upcoming MCU characters they're creating and, and introducing, a lot of them have some questionable mental illnesses mm -hmm. around them. Not, not, not that they, having a mental illness makes you questionable, but just like, I hope that their, present, their representation is not going to be exploited. Right. Um, I work with uh, and um, you know 
because so Moon Knight has disassociative identity disorder. Uh, Dane Whitman is kind of like hears voices and, and stuff like that. The Black Knight, mm-hmm. um, he's a little not right. Um, but yeah, so and then it's the voice of Blade. Mm-hmm. It tells him not to touch the sword at the end. So okay. Blade, Blade, which you know the movie is in production. Blade is a vampire hunter. What that has to do with any of this stuff, I don't know. Well, does Black Knight even have anything to do with the Eternals at all? I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's more to do with the X Men. I thought, but I could be. Yeah, wrong. that's 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 what I thought too. And so sort of the sort of the Excalibur side of the X Men. Yeah. So um, there's no I, point for that. <laughs> no, there's no point for that. And then we get and then we get uh, another Eternal in another post credit scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the brother of Thanos. Yeah, was just thrown out there. It was like Thanos is dead. What does this matter? Yeah, it was unnecessarily um, complicated. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can't. Is it Starfire? Is that his name? I can't it's Starfire and Puck that you see at yeah. the end. I think Puck. Uh, at least it was. At least it was Patton Oswalt that was Puck. I'm glad yeah. about that. But <laughs> it, and, then, just, and then a man. celestial came. Yeah. And yeah. took away the the Eternals that stayed on Earth. Right. Icarus flew him flew into the sun, spoiler alert, and killed himself. Yeah, unclear why he, he was just like because yeah, he was the ba- he became the bad guy but didn't want to be the bad guy. Oh, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, too much stuff. Not enough connection with characters. The and that in a nutshell, like that's that's why this movie doesn't quite work. Again, still a lot more interesting and fun than other. Uh, bad mcu movies right like yeah. there's stuff there's stuff there they tried things and it does doesn't work there's just not enough there to connect you to. know what this is totally a movie that you can put on while you're cooking dinner yeah or while you're getting your haircut or while you're getting your haircut um this is totally a movie that this is definitely a movie i would watch on the phone mm. mm-hmm. even though watching it on like a, a an edit screen is probably not that's the best yeah, there, there's stuff to get out of this. It's, it's beautiful. Watching it is just fun because it looks pretty. So the scenes yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. This is a, this is a movie you could watch on mute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always there's always a time for that. Like you're at, you've got the TV on, and somebody calls you, and you have to mute the thing, and you don't want to necessarily you don't have to stop this movie. Just put it yeah. on mute. Yeah. Um, and you know, finish talking to your uncle, and you, know, <laughs> yeah. you can you can you can you'll advance 15 minutes, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, this is happening now. I, I think you could take this as a super edit and just do little things like the, the part with the, whoever the inventor so, uh, uh, Eternal is when he's like, uh, he's upset after the, the, the Festus. Festus, yeah, after the atom bomb's gone off. So, like in little clips, if you just see this, you would think this is the best movie ever. You're just like, oh, wow, what's because the mystery of like, how is this all connected? Yeah, uh, the problem is that when you're done watching the movie, you're still like, "How is this all connected?" And it's just it's unfortunately never answered. Yeah, Phaestos. I'm sorry, I, I pronounced his name wrong. Uh, I don't because know what... they they take they take like famous gods, like there's there's a god named Hephaestus, yes, Hephaestus, and they just switch it a little bit. So right. I'm assuming Kingo is a uh, is like an Indian. Oh, okay. God or something like that. But all right. Yeah. yeah. Lots going on, lot, lot going on. Yeah, not all of it good, unfortunately. Yeah. So, how does this relate to the comics? Um, so the the Eternals, the Jack Kirby creation, the Eternals and Deviants is a thing that existed for a long time, and this it's supposed to be the origin of man type of thing, which is cool. Right. And that that that's an interesting concept. The idea of the Eternals as this the inspiration for gods. I think that's all there. Yeah. This celestial plot, that's 100% shoehorned in from another Marvel story entirely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is taken from uh, Earth X, which is a kind of a one-off graphic novel, which is supposed to be the end of the Marvel universe. Right. It's, it's what Kingdom Come is for the DC universe, which is supposed to be like, hey, this is what happens when all the superheroes are old. Mm-hmm. And then Earth X is like, there's some future... Uh, the Terrigen Mist, if you've ever watched the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., is released over the whole world, which doesn't kill everyone. It ends up giving the whole world superpowers. Yeah. So the first half of Earth-X is about like, oh, 
what's a hero if everyone has powers? Are we no longer special? If, if everyone's special, is no one special? Right. Uh, that is answered very quickly. Like, oh, oh yeah, no, they're still special because they were heroic and brave and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then this, the second part was like, well, wait, why did everyone get powers? And then there's lots of alternate explanations made. It tries to connect every major event of the Marvel universe together. And then it's eventually revealed that like, oh, actually you all have powers. You're protecting the earth, which is actually an egg for a celestial. Oh, and by the way, that celestial is going to hatch and the earth is going to get destroyed. Mm-hmm. Things happen. That right. is, so that's where that plot comes from. Um, someone obviously liked it and put it into this movie. Yeah. Um, I think in the comics, Neil Gaiman has a really good run uh, writing the Eternals, and I don't yeah. think it has anything to do with the Celestials. It, it doesn't. It's, it's um, after. So Celestials are still connected. Like, Celestials sort of exist there. But they do interesting things with the Eternals by, like, they've all had their memory wiped. They don't... This, the, the big thing with the Eternals is, like, they just live forever, so they're always around, and, like, right. this fight is always going on. They, and they have an pro- appropriate name. Yes. <laughs> that's... that's <laughs> and that... Hey, that might have been another way to go with this. Like, just keep them around. Like, they keep popping up, and they're not sure. Like, this idea of the memory wipe, but yet they're actually these these gods. It's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that would be a movie that I would be in for. Is that like doing the sort of human connection to 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 gods, and 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 Gaiman's comics is kind of the perfect way to kind of comment that because. Um, that's what Gaiman sort of does like yeah all of his so if you go even back to the Sandman if you go into uh, American Gods which is great I've been listening mm-hmm. to that on audio um it's terrific um but he's really into like the origins and of, of mythology and, st- and stories about gods and and how they connect to humanity and how how like humans give power to these gods and I wonder like you could have told that story uh here um and then you can bring them into the modern age yeah. without, you know, you know, you could have done something where maybe they don't know that they're eternal. Right. Right. Like they, because they wipe, you just wipe their mind as soon as they find out that they don't die. Right. And then you just, that, that's, that's a way to explain away why they didn't get involved in the fight against Thanos. Right. Yep. Yeah. There, there's a lot of interesting things that can be done. I guess that, that's the whole point. A lot of interesting things could be done with these characters for whatever reason they chose this particular plot. And I, I think it really complicated things and didn't allow us to have enough time to see what, you know, what makes Eternals interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, it might be another case where like the, the, uh, ever, the escalating chaos, which has happened in some other Marvel movies, really was to the detriment of the film so the escalating chaos in this case being like hey we got these celestials those are super cool what's the biggest possible thing we could do destroy the earth yeah exactly let's do it it. everyone loves that i'm like i don't know if we do yeah that's not always the best plot we we just didn't need that it's okay to make it a smaller plot yeah it's already a big plot it's eternal it's eternity it's all of time it's but we, we could do something without making it you know the end of the world we could do yeah. something different yeah so a rare miss in mm-hmm. modern marvel yeah. like uh you know nowadays they're they're breaking out you know walls between realities that you could have done that i mean they did it in shang chi they did it in spider-man yeah it's fine you could have broken there could have been a wall of reality that you had to seal up that's yeah that's that seems to be like the way that we're sort of framing this becoming uh uh, the coming phase of the MCU is not that we're fighting the existential existence of our fighting for the existential existence of our own reality. It's like we're we're worried about reality spilling into one another. So yeah. the problems that creates. That could have been sort of the underlying thing or something like that. Maybe you could you could have retrofit celestials that they, they don't feed on the earth, but they feed on like the energy that the earth gives off or something like that like sure. something you know stuff well I, again to back to uh spider-man which is dealing with multiverse mm-hmm. that's dealing with these big crazy concepts of multiple universes and like yeah. which looked like almost the end of the universe was the stakes but it really related it down to one character right right the right. whole thing is driven by one character in his plight 
And uh, that's why you can relate to it. Like, yeah. that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. And, and the fight wasn't, and the risk was basically that I don't get to keep my life anymore. And he lost. Yep. And he lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's amazing, right? Yeah. That was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a great movie. Yeah. Um, and you can, you can have a movie like that where it looks like it, it looks like you win because you saved the day, but he lost. And he lost everything. Yeah. Um, and that's the way to, to tell one of these stories. That's the, yeah. that's, that's a great way to tell one. Kind of yeah. Story. Real stakes. Hey, <laughs> fancy that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shang-Chi, he, he won. He yep. defeated the dragon at the end. Yep. But he lost his father. Yep. So stakes. Hey, they matter. Yeah. And you don't need to just, it doesn't have to be the end of the world every time. Yeah. It could just be the end of your world. Right. You know, it's, it's, there's got to be a risk for the character, but it doesn't have to be a risk of everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was, I guess they just needed to up the thing. We got it. We got to have it be like an Avengers level threat. I'm just like, if, the, if there was an Avengers level threat, the Avengers would be there. It's true. Yeah. I think I think Tony Stark's like planetary scanning that he does all the time. Yeah. Would have picked out this giant thing growing in the air. So it does beg the question where it happens in uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Other things have happened after that we've seen, such as Hawkeye, right? Uh, no one ever talked about the giant god that came out of the ground. I think someone would have seen that. The, all these other movies have managed to sort of avoid that by like isolating things, but uh, this one, this one seemed unavoidable. Yeah, it's a it's a shame because it because like we said, there were there were some good parts of this that could have made made a good movie. Yeah, we could have had a really cool action movie that looked pretty and looked distinct. Like we talk about how Marvel movies sometimes all kind of have the same look. They've got a lot of big camera filters and a lot of the same sort yeah. of framing of action scenes and how fast everything goes. This was different. This didn't yeah. look like, like that. Yeah. And, uh, so again, I'll, I'll credit them for like a miss that was trying things versus a miss. Yes. That was, and I think, I think they tried there. too hard to make it. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> slow like, down. Oh, yeah, slow down. <laughs> what a minute. Can we just, can we tell this little thing over here first before we go on to the big guy coming out of the earth? Yeah. Like, what is that? Is there like, is that an island now somewhere? <laughs> I, I don't know. Not to, <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre. <laughs> Not to make too many excuses. I, I do kind of wonder if this is a, a pandemic, a result of the pandemic. Uh, not for like, for the reasons that a lot of times these creative things work well because people talk to each other. Like the plot's going on, they have to work together. There's a mm-hmm. collaboration going on. Uh, this one, this movie does come out around, this is a pandemic movie for sure. Mm-hmm. It's made during the pandemic. I think it was supposed to come out in late 2020 originally. Right? Yeah. Uh, and it got pushed back. Mm-hmm. It was mostly filmed during, like before the pandemic. I think. Right. But as we found out with a lot of the, the Marvel movies, there's almost almost every one of them goes through a tremendous amount of editing and, right. and reshoots, lots of reshoots. Right. Um, and I wonder, just given when it finished, I wonder, and, and the pressure to kind of have it sort of come out when it did, that they didn't have a chance to do any of those reshoots because they're like doing like Doctor Strange reshoots and they're doing yeah. Thor reshoots now. And it's like, those movies are coming out in like two months. Yeah. But they didn't, I don't think they did many research shoots for this movie. It's possible because there's just so many bleeping actors in it that they couldn't get them all together. You know? Right. And, and who knows how much of the movie actually comes together from those reshoots or from the discussions that happen, those high pressure discussions that decide to spend an extra 20 million to do those reshoots, yeah. right? So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say yeah. what made it like, not work. Like, I mean, here's just an idea. And and I'll, we can leave it at that after this. We spent too much time probably talking about this for, <laughs> for, for a movie that doesn't quite work. Yeah, we we wasted a lot of time. Yeah, but you know, you could do. You could you could really flesh out that sort of um, deviant that sort of becomes more eternal, right? Mm-hmm. And it becomes more human, so to speak. You could you could leak the fact that oh, there's a celestial growing in the earth. Sure. But you don't have to solve it right in this movie too, right? Yeah, that could be like the big thing that that's like 
like the Avengers learning that, you know, oh, Thanos is around, or there's a, somebody out there that's starting to find Infinity Stones. Yeah. We better, you know, you know, get on that. You know, we can learn about things and we don't have to like defeat them right. in the same movie. You could have you could have said, okay, celestials are a thing, they want to eat the earth. We gotta figure out our way to stop it, but we're not gonna figure it out our way to stop it today. It it is a little surprising that. Earth X was kind of a big Marvel event, as the Infinity Gauntlet was. It is weird to just sort of burn that whole card within this, within like the last fourth of a movie, right? So, which also hints at maybe why this is this feels so rushed. You took a, what would be a huge event and really compressed it down, versus what was done for the Infinity Saga. Was, yeah. What's that like twenty movies to get there? Exactly. This this needed it needed at least one more. I yeah. think. Thinking about that, just as talking this out, it did put it in a good trilogy. Yeah. Separate it out. And, you know, the ultimate thing is that you're trying to make a, you know, a, a celestial go away. Plus, if at that point you're going to turn one of the, you're going to turn the Eternals against each other, like they That's amazing. Did, That's amazing. That would have been end. amazing yeah. after a third, yeah. after a yeah. third movie, right? Yeah. Like, can you imagine, like, if they had started to turn Avengers against one another at oh. the end of, like, <laughs> wait a minute. Years, oh. Let's see. When did Avengers start fighting each other in the third Captain America movie? There we go. Yeah, that was like fifteen movies into the MCU. Yep. Now they, they they always. I mean, you're contractually required to have them actually quote unquote fight. Right. But that might, but not real fight. Right. Right. You know, like where where they're actually trying to kill one another. Yeah, you've got to get the MCU like fifteen movies to get there. Yeah. So there we go. We fit. Anyway. We solved it. We solved it. Uh, Chloe Zhao, you know, call me. Yeah. We can figure this out. Feige, um, you, you've, you're listening to us anyhow, so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it. Uh, see you next time. I'll see you next time.